I'm Marcus Brown. This is a Runner's Life podcast. This is a platform for richer conversations that explore the person behind the runner. I discuss the topics that influence us as runners locally, whilst concurrently connecting us to the wider global community. If you found value in the show, please subscribe and share with your community on social media and leave a rating on Apple Podcasts or the platform selected as it helps the podcast grow. If you want to support my work directly, you can become a member on Patreon at www.patreon.com slash a runner's life. Thank you for tuning in. Now let's head to the conversation. Hi now, welcome to a runner's life podcast. How are you getting on? Um, thank you. Um, I'm assuming getting on means how are you doing? in american (laughs) language so um i'm good yeah i love the way you say american language but it's english (laughs) right right (laughs) well actually (laughs) english can be very different i dated a guy in um in in he was from outside of london but i couldn't understand a word his family was saying when they spoke and it was english so (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's the accents that throw everyone, so that's fair enough. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, thanks for jumping on uh, the uh, podcast, and it's great to speak to you. I'm a big fan of uh, what you've achieved so far and the stuff that you're doing and the way you're going about it. So we'll jump into the uh, running questions, but firstly, I wanted to ask you, have you seen The the Last Dance, uh, the Michael Jordan series? And if so, I mean, what's your sort of greatest sort of takeaways from it so far? Um, yeah, I have seen it, and it was... I mean, to me, first of all, very inspiring. Um, at, as I was watching it, you know, as I've mentioned before, I don't watch much TV, but as I was watching that, you know, that's the time that you're like, oh, God, you know, I got my bands out. I started doing my exercises, <laughs> started doing yeah. my PT. <laughs> um, so that that's kind of what, you know, the show does for me, just inspires me. Um I was a huge Michael Jordan fan um, slash Dennis Rodman fan. So it was even more fun for me to watch as I kind of grew up in that era. Um, But yeah, it just, it just goes to show like what it takes to be, you know, the best or to be on the top. So it's a good reminder. Yeah. It's good to see the mindset behind, uh, you know, the man that we all, you know, admire. So, and, Mm -hmm. uh, I know some people haven't been a massive fan of it, but I quite like it. So I think it sort of shows a quite an, uh, an intensity that needs to be shown. Oh, absolutely. I mean, yeah, I think it's it's funny that it's surprising to a lot of people how intense Michael Jordan is and how, you know, he comes across as like a bully or like, you know, but I mean, it's like to be that great, it, it makes sense. Not everyone's, that, you know, he's the greatest of the great. And so there has to be something different and that's what it is. So I liked it. Yeah. yeah. Enough about Michael Jordan. Let's talk about you, which is the, the reason why you're on the podcast. Um, you were recently featured in a Runner's World article uh, where runners were speaking out about race and diversity. Um, just based on your experiences, I mean, what areas do you feel that minorities could be better encouraged to join and also better represented or within the running community? As we know, a lot of races will take stories and publicize stories, how they got to the starting line, how, you know, all of these, you know, whatever, crazy stories. Um, And I think that 
if races, like race directing companies, if big shoe companies, these are the the people who are in the spotlight, you know, the magazines, like Runner's World, um, if all these big companies dedicated a chunk of their either, you know, money or time, um, which, which could mean hiring more people to, you know, just focus on minorities and running because that's, that's what's in the media and it's their responsibility to encourage more minorities. Um, and like the girl who inter that, who, um, interviewed me for runner's world, she said she had to beg for that story and runner's world did not want that story. And it was the only story about it, you know, about race and about, um, minorities in running and they finally let her do the story um and runner's world should honestly dedicate a percentage of their magazine to minorities in running or always you know so i just think it has to be a priority and it hasn't been a priority yeah well said and i think with uh just more conversation hopefully it can carry on and things can change and we get a little bit more representation um just for everyone really um right you know so everyone can get a fair shot you know getting into running because it's it does amazing things for so many people um beyond obviously the times and it makes you feel good physically mentally oh yeah uh, yeah i mean it's it's it could be you know i i know many stories of running, changing people's lives, um, you know, going from going down one path to, you know, being successful and going down a much healthier lifestyle and uh, path leading to success. Um, and I think it, it could be, it could do that even more if those stories were, were shared and if, you know, um, if people had the opportunity to run absolutely absolutely um so moving into your running um famously your father rick is your coach and he's a former pro runner um you probably get asked this quite a bit but what's the biggest lesson that he's taught you that you bring into your running today oh wow um he's taught me a lot which um has taken me a long time to understand and just like when any parents tell it tell their kids like you know, it's like bounces off them and they're like, yeah, okay, whatever, you know? So, um, but I'd say the, the biggest thing is to not, to not overdo it. Right. So his philosophy is under train and overperform, which it takes, I mean, it took me, I'm still learning that lesson and it takes people a long time to learn that lesson because if you're, if you show up to the line slightly under trained, but you're healthy, you're ready to go, you're motivated, you're not injured, you're much better off on that starting line than being overtrained, tired, slightly injured, or fully injured, like a lot of girls are. Um, it's just, you can train consistently and it's going to benefit you in the end. So basically find out what works for you because that 
reminds me of a post that you put on um, on your Instagram page where you said that you've got to continuously remind yourself to uh, run within yourself and do what works for you. And I believe that was probably in the context of like training miles and the quantity of miles. Am, am I on the right sort of page then? If so, I mean, have you learned to sort of trust yourself more in that aspect? Oh, absolutely. Um, <clears throat> which is hard. It's, it is, it's so hard to do what works best for you because of social media. And, you know, you see your competitors running 120 miles, 130 miles a week. And you're like, Oh no, you're like, Oh my gosh. You know, but you just, we're, we're all so different. And if you take the top 10 girls in, in the Olympic trials a couple months ago, like I know that fifth place, Laura Thweet, she said she averages 65 miles per week, you know, as compared to, you know, Sarah Hall, which is like 120 to 130 miles a week. And, and Laura Thweet beat her, you know? So it's like, you just have to continuously trust the process and trust your coach and trust yourself and listen to your body. And we all get wrapped up in numbers and stop thinking about numbers. Like I have to hit, you know, 120 miles a week. Um, the other week I ran 90, I ran like 96 or 97 miles. And, um, I was like really proud of myself because I didn't run a hundred miles and that was the closest I've gotten to running a hundred. But I was like, I didn't do it because that those last like three or four would have like totally put me over the edge. So yeah it's interesting listening to what you're saying because i'm i'm not an elite runner but you know i train you know six seven days a week and it's a funny thing that even listening to what you're saying that so many people have the idea that we need to do more and sometimes if you left your own devices you probably would actually me personally probably would run myself into the ground oh absolutely too many miles yeah so it's interesting that you like your dad says like you know just trust yourself and uh like you said it's good advice but like when you're in it and you're surrounded by one else you're just like I need to be doing more. So it's, uh, yeah. it's, uh, <laughs> it's so hard. It is yeah. so hard to be running less than your competitors because we live in this mentality of more is better, but it's not true at all. I mean, I can tell when I'm, when I'm over my limit, my, the quality of my workouts goes way down and I'm like, I'm definitely, my philosophy is definitely more speed, um, oriented than like endurance oriented, um so if I miss that quality it's just it's just I'm just beating myself up yeah I agree because like that's you know obviously you know the easy moles and as you know because you're a coach are important but like if it's if it's suffering for you if your workouts are suffering like you say then you need to be like okay maybe I need to back off some of those easy moles um and just like put the emphasis back and where and that's all part of the training absolutely yeah but I honestly, like, I don't know if it'll ever get yeah. easier. <laughs> That's the thing. I don't think it ever does, does it? You always think, like, it will get easier. You get faster. And you're like, no, it still hurts. Still hurts. <laughs> so, right, right. Still hurts. <laughs> exactly. So uh, it never goes away. Um, and talking about your dad as well, um, you both won the Boulder Boulder 10K, which is a famous race uh, in the States. And you did it 40 years after your dad did it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you've said in previous interviews that, one of the reasons that you run is to make your father proud and to carry on the family tradition, which is understandable. Um, but just from the outside looking in, I mean, what are your other whys for, for running? Because although that's an intrinsic reason, it's still kind of almost an, ex- an external reason. So I'm just trying to work out what 
what sort of drives you in terms of to, to keep pushing? Yeah. Um, so I've, I've, there, there are like a lot of different reasons to run. Um, I mean, I've always had like more of an intrinsic, like I'm very, I'm very competitive. I want to be very successful. I've always had like a, a very high drive, um, to do well. Um, and so that's kind of something that I've just, it, that, it, that's an inherent for me. Um, but it is kind of like, it has definitely morphed as I have, um, gained a little bit more success and realized like how important I could be for some people. Um, so, you know, right now, one of the most important things to me is to be a, a good role model for, um, for, for women or for, for, for men as well. But, you know, I'm not a very traditional runner, whereas, um, I, A, don't have your typical runner body type and, um, I, B, um, am a minority and I see train differently. So I feel like because I come from a kind of different place, um, I can kind of show people like, hey, you can do it too. You know, you can do it your way. So right now, that's one of my biggest reasons for running. And you touched upon like body image as well. And it's so ridiculous. Like, despite your talent, like some people still pick up on it. And it's got nothing to do with like the results that you've you've done because like, you've been running from an early age. So for people that are sort of coming into running maybe later in life or even starting out, what advice would you give them when they're kind of getting kind of um, picked apart about certain parts of their, their, their or their body image, basically? Yeah. Um. So a couple things, you know, I, I have gotten a couple like, you know, messages asking like, hey, like, I am, you know, like a stronger runner like you are. Um, what can I do? And, you know, my my advice would be to – you have to play to your strengths, right? So I know that, you know, I'm a strong runner, so I play to that. <laughs> you know, like I'm like, okay, I can crush rolling hills. Um, I am going to keep up my strength because I think it's one of my biggest, you know, secret weapons. Um, and you just got to like use what you have and to your advantage, um, however you can do that and, and not try to morph it into something you aren't because that's when you're going to be get injured or that's when you're going to not be happy and you have to be happy if you're running, you know, you have to love what you're doing. It's not, it's hard as it's hard enough as it is. Um, so you have to just kind of embrace it and go with it. But it's interesting though, cause you sort of talk about trusting yourself as well. And it, it kind of goes back to the point we talked about your father as well. So it seems like that is, I know it sounds like a simple thing, but it's an important part of like what's made you as well. Oh, absolutely. I mean, so let's see, after my first marathon, um, I ran 131 and, um, you know, I wasn't really expecting to do well or anything. I was just like kind of going for it. And, um, afterwards, you know, my dad, he said, 
first of all, going into that, he was like, I just want you to jog this. You have many more if you want to, you know, you have a long career. We'll start, let's like, let's start easy and let's like see where you are and like build into this. Um, and afterwards, you know, people are like, oh, wow, you did really well. How are you going to go faster? And so I'm like, hmm, how am I going to go faster? So I was talking to my dad and I'm like, how am I going to go faster? You know, and he's, and I'm like, maybe should I, maybe like if I like leaned up or lost a couple pounds or like lost 10 pounds. And he was like, he was like, no, he was like, you don't do anything like that. Don't lose any weight. You are healthy. If you lose weight, you could get injured. Something could happen. He's like, we are just going to stick with our program. Um, you know, and you're just going to like get more experience and you're going to get better. Um, so it's just like the little things like that, that you're like, you just keep, he just like keeps reminding me like, okay, I, I'm, I'm good how I am. The more experience I get, you know, so those things are really important. Absolutely. And it's great because sometimes in our lives, like we can be determined and driven and it's great sometimes to have someone who knows to sort of tell us where the shortcuts are. So we're like not having to like wait like two, three years to, to learn that lesson. So, uh, yeah, I think that's such an important lesson, not just in running, but in life really. So, um, yeah, yeah thank you for sharing that. Yeah. Um, I mean, you've run from an early age, um, and you've taken up sport competitively at high school and then you were at North Arizona university post-collegiately, uh, you know, you work with your father as a coach and obviously you've done other things, you know, um, in terms of other sports, um, professionally, um, but can you sort of describe the moment in your running journey that you realized that uh, maybe that your natural talent alone wasn't enough to be your best and that you had to combine both um, nature with nurture? Yeah. <clears throat> well, so, yeah, I mean, growing up, I was always, um, you know, like uh, elementary school, middle school and then like freshman year high school you know, I've always been a hard worker, but talent really was like, I, I could outrun anyone. I was like the best basketball player on my team, the best soccer player on my team. Um, and it was definitely like mid high school where it was like, oh, I'm not the best at anything anymore. <laughs> and, um, and that's kind of when, you know, it's almost like as a coach, I see this a lot where girls are like super, super girls until they go through puberty. And then it is like the hardest thing in the world for them to not be the best or, you know, do yeah. as well as they were doing. And a lot of times it ruins, they're just so mentally frustrated or mentally like, pushed down by it, that it ruins their whole career. You know, they never can come back from it. Um, but yeah, I would say, I would say talent usually, usually ends unless you're very, very special in high school. Okay. And obviously it wasn't great when that feeling happened. Cause like, imagine like you're running and it's easy to, you know, to, to do what you do. And then you get the moment where you're like, not th first, second or third, you're just like, you know, top 10 maybe or outside and it's like okay damn like what's what's next obviously that's not a great feeling but how did you sort of pick yourself up at such a formative age um I mean I don't know I think I always just knew I wanted to run and 
um, I think I just like consistently kept on showing up and, and then you get these, like, I got like a couple mini breakthroughs. So like in college, I had like a little mini breakthrough where I, you know, I walked on to NAU. I didn't have a scholarship. Um, and I wasn't expected. My coach didn't expect me to like score points or travel or be on the, actually be on the team, the, the varsity team, but I had a breakthrough there and I was on the varsity team. And then my junior year, I had a little mini breakthrough, you know, and then I really sucked my senior year. And then, so it's like, I think knowing or just being really consistent, even though, you know, some months or years are just like so terrible. Um, you'll just, you just have to know, like, as long as you put the effort in, that's the same, you're going to get the same, um, benefit or the same result as if you were running really well and you're hitting your times and hitting your paces, um, down the road, you'll get the same result if you're putting the effort in. Um, so I think I've learned that lesson like throughout my career with these like little mini, um, breakthroughs that, you know, if that makes sense. <laughs> so it's like basically like believing in the long run rather than the, the short sort of areas. Like for example, something my coach said to me when I first started working with him is like, don't worry about this training block or the next one, just give me a couple of years and then we'll see what happens. Do you know what I mean? And I thought, okay, fair enough. Then I kind of not blanked off like each training block, but I knew that even if I dipped, I knew that, you know, I've got another year and a half or two years or whatever. Is it kind of similar to you? You just thought, okay, well, it's just all about the long run type thing. Just oh, on to the next one. Absolutely. I mean, anything you're doing it, now, it it's all data points, right? And it's all yeah. seeing where you're at. It's all learning experiences. I mean, even the trials for me was just like a learning experience. And then you're like, okay, like, yeah, it's all, you have to look at the long run. So yeah, that was that was better said than I said. <laughs> I guess nothing's wasted as well, isn't it? Because like you've got all that training that you've built up. So uh, yeah, it all counts in the end. Oh yeah, it. I mean, like the most important thing is getting the experience and getting those yeah. races in, and then you can go from there. Absolutely. Um, in terms of experience, like one thing that some runners can struggle with is just the uh, discomfort side of it um, like we talked about earlier we joked obviously you know running doesn't always feel like it gets easier even though you get quicker um, in the previous uh, Instagram post you talked about uh, for me uh, the feeling of invincibility comes when I feel like a, the lactic acid build up and it makes me stronger and push harder I mean was that always something that you had in you to kind of keep keep going or was it something you learned to get better at in terms of being able to get comfortable with the discomfort um, that has definitely been a learned thing. Um, and I think, I think a couple things have contributed to that. Um, a, I think my triathlon career helped me with that because it was just, it was just so much volume and you just like had to push through it mentally Another thing that's that's actually kind of funny is, so I am a running coach, obviously, and um, I used to run with, like, tons of my athletes. So I used to run with, like, do my own workout, and then I'd run with, like, yep. four or five different athletes, like, individually a day. 
And so, and like, I would show up to the runs, um, like smashed from like whatever workouts I've done and like had to just like take a deep breath and be like, okay, I have to run six miles with this person. I feel like I'm going to die, but like, got to get through it, you know? And like, so I kind of just like pushed, you know, and it was really slow mileage, but I did have to push like my, my mind or my mental side, the little voices in my head down and just like push them away and just like act really peppy and like excited to run with them. Um, so I think that actually really helped. Um, and I think you just, as you mature as a runner, like you, you'll get that you like lose the fear and you're just like ready to push. And like, once you push, you're like, Oh, like it's like becomes a different feeling. Yeah, it's like you say, like, it still hurts, but it's just like, listen to what you're saying. It's like, it's that you choose to listen to which side of the argument. Like, I can choose to be like, it hurts, and I'm just going to, you know, suffer, or I'm going to be like, it hurts, but look, I'm just going to push, do you know what I mean? I'm just going to get through it. Exactly. And it's not, it, it's not always there. <laughs> like, yeah. you know, we all yeah. have our days, but when it is there, it's there, you know, and you're, and that's when you do have that feeling of invincibility. Yeah, it's funny when you say that because I, I feel like I probably could only count on a couple, like, you know, if I count both my hands, I probably could tell you probably one or two times where I actually gave everything that I think. And the rest of the times, you know, my, my running races, I probably not given as much as I could have done, even though I thought I could have done at the time. So, uh, yeah, like you say, it's not it's not easy to enlist. Yeah. And that's it's it's interesting that like that you say that because you know, it's like, it's so hard to know if you did, like, especially when I coach like younger athletes, like, or or, like athletes that just started running or whatever. They're like, they don't really know what their limit is. Um, And so like every race, they're just a little bit like confused or kind of like, I think I could have pushed more. And you're like, you know, maybe, um, but, um, yeah, it, it just takes forever to find, to find that. (laughs) So, yeah, but sometimes, sometimes it's a bit more obvious. Like I, I threw up in the end of a marathon, so I knew that obviously I pushed too hard. Right. (laughs) Yeah. 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 And then there's that, but, but, but I've never thrown up. That's the thing. I've never passed out. I've never thrown up. I see people do it and I'm like, Oh my god! Oh my god! <laughs> it's you don't want it. You don't want it. Yeah, you don't want it. But the funny thing is, like, once it happens, like, it's like the fear of it actually happening and it actually happening isn't as right. bad. It's like, do you know what I mean? Oh, that's sometimes funny. you feel. Do you know what I mean? You imagine it being a lot worse, but then you're like, so whatever. Do you know what I mean? I'm right. sick. I right. own this. Right. <laughs> you know I mean? Oh, that's funny. You're right. I never uh, thought I'm... about it like that. <laughs> But I'm not advocating people to be sick though and pushing themselves too far. So, uh... <laughs> right, right. <laughs> um, enough about me and my uh, my math experience. <laughs> <anyway>. So, <laughs> you've run three marathons so far, um, and your first one, CIM, uh, you achieved the Olympic uh, marathon trials a uh, standard time. Then you won your second uh, marathon, uh, grandma's, and then you third one, you went into uh, US Women's Olympic trials in Atlanta. Um, you finished ninth place, um, 230, 29. Um, and it's just amazing to sort of see uh, your journey. But you've clearly done the work from from young age. Um, 
And plus having your dad as a coach and having that advice as well, I imagine it helps to some some degree, but obviously you still need to do most of the work yourself. I mean, despite this, I mean, did you sort of like feel like a sense of like imposter syndrome when you lined up in your third <laughs> marathon? Oh, absolutely. I mean, I still have it. Um, like, it is really hard to to realize. I mean, it it, it doesn't like to me. I know I've always been had some sort of talent. Um, you know, my dad was a very talented runner. Um, and I know I've been, you know, a decent runner. But um, it doesn't really feel like I should be that good of a runner um, or be able to run, you know, at top 10 at the trials. Um so I'm still kind of getting getting used to it and trying to believe that I belong there. You know, I have my moments <laughs> where I do believe it and I have my moments where I don't. But like, for example, um, you know, the other day I was run, running with some really good mountain runner girls and um, we ran up uh, Mount Elbert, which is one of the U.S.'s tallest mountains. And I was like when I was able to like hang with them or even be in front of them, like I thought to myself, like, wow, maybe I, maybe I am a good runner, <laughs> you know, like if I can run up this mountain as fast as they can, you know, so I'm still like learning and trying to, you know, really truly believe that I can be a one of, you know, a great runner. I think yeah, imposter syndrome is definitely like common for so many people. But you're like, you're like you're still doing the work. And I mean, what do you sort of say to yourself when you get that that voice that says, "Oh my God, what the hell am I doing?" Here? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> <Shall> I <mean? laughs> right. Um, I think like all I can do is just kind of like, I mean, be like, oh, whatever. Like, I guess this is it, and kind of like laugh about it. <laughs> Go with it, I guess. <laughs> Yeah, I guess once you start running, you're just like, okay, cool. This is what I've done since I've been young. So it's not like doing something different, is it? Um, no, it's not. I mean, it it almost marathon to me almost feels more natural to me than any other thing I've done. Like any like shorter distances, it just feels like very like very comfortable. <laughs> so yeah. I I almost feel like I'm, I finally have like found my my sweet spot which is like relieving <laughs> yeah yeah that makes sense um in a previous instagram post uh, you spoke about after race being initially ecstatic with the result um but then as sort of days went on you're less happy with how things turned out um i mean you said that you think you could have done a couple of things differently could you sort of explain what lessons that you learned from that um, olympic trials race yeah um so basically my first two marathons uh went perfectly which is you know doesn't apparently doesn't happen a lot <laughs> um so like my my first two marathons like nutrition went well I felt good the whole time my last 5k was like my fastest 5k in the race um and so I never really got to learn from those races like big like big important things it was more like you know I kind of like got to experience it um 
so this race, um, I came into the race, I wasn't super happy with my nutrition plan, but I was like, whatever, I'm just going to down my gels. I didn't really like the way they tasted. They didn't make me feel great. I was like, I'll get them down. Um, I'll get my scratch in. Um, And I didn't like, I, I just didn't focus on it. And I didn't realize how, I mean, the number one reason that people hit the wall at mile 20 is, well, from either um, lack of or glycogen depletion or from go- going out too fast. So, I mean, you you must focus on nutrition as much as you do your training. You know, it's just as important as hitting your splits in your tempo runs or whatever you want to compare it to. But so I kind of blew that off. And um, my first gel in the race made me puke in my mouth. <laughs> um, it had green tea in it, green tea caffeine in it, which I didn't like. And for some reason, you know, it just really tasted worse than normal during the race. Um, yeah. And then my bottle also tasted worse than normal during the race. And I think that does happen if you, if you talk to a lot of runners, I don't know if it's happened to you, but your nutrition can taste different. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. And so I was like, well, I'm definitely not going to take another one of those gels. So I skipped a couple gels. Um, some of them I tried to get down, but didn't like maybe drank a couple sips out of like the bottle. Um, and so basically when I hit mile 20, it was your classic, like depleted. I had nothing. Um, I like could, and that's exactly when the girls went. Um, and so that's kind of, that's, that's the big lesson I learned. <laughs> but it's a strange one though, because that happens in a marathon. Like you can do your training and you, you practice your jail strategy but then you get to the race and then say something happens, you take something, it doesn't, it feels off mm-hmm. and you don't take it. Then you, then you miss like that 25 minute window mm-hmm. and then you can't get that back. And it's so hard that then you get to, like you say 20 miles and you're just like, <laughs> it's That's the hardest it. 10K yeah. to go. Right. Um, it's a horrible feeling, especially with all the training that you've done as well. So um, yeah. But yeah. And nutrition. Sorry, go ahead. I was just gonna say, but I mean, it's a lesson that I think everyone has to learn at some point. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. The hard way. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, so I guess obviously there's the, the one side, there's the fuel side, which, you know, so many people can relate to. But then I guess as well, just me thinking out loud, like, although you looked at all these other amazing athletes out there, I mean, did you come away just thinking after it's like, you know, they're just human, human beings. You know I mean, they're just like regular people. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that was a huge takeaway. Huge takeaway was like, you know, running with these like super famous super superstar girls um and being like wow like <laughs> this is you know I'm, I'm and then not to say that they're they are amazing you know but to know that they can have bad days or to know that like they're just like me and I can like run with them is is um something that I definitely would not have ever known had I not run in that caliber race and it completely changes your mindset from 
you know, I'm really going to just try to hang at the back of the front pack to like, I believe in myself and I know, I absolutely know that I can run with them, you know? So I think those two things, I mean, are huge, um, huge. They're very different. And you, if you want to compete with them, you have to think that you can. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, easy for me to say, because I've not done it, but I'd imagine that sort of comes with time and you know what I mean more, more races I imagine yeah it must be quite hard especially the first couple of races for anyone just to jump in there and be like yeah, yeah. I feel comfortable yeah. <laughs> right yeah no big deal I'll just <laughs> run with these girls <laughs> just another Sunday long run yeah right. whatever <laughs> exactly no way man so yeah that was that was huge and that was really that was that was a really fun part of the race and um I mean like really surreal part of the race as well Absolutely. And you've spoken about Des Linden being a big inspiration to you and she ran it as well. Um, and I know that you both have a, had a bit of banter online about your head-to-head results. Mm-hmm. Um, she's got one race and you've won another. Um, and I think Boston was going to be like the, the trilogy, right? But obviously it's been postponed. I mean, so... just for me. It's <laughs> <laughs> on my side of things. <laughs> I think she's trying to win, like, um, win again. <laughs> so you don't think she's got like a calendar where she's like counting down the days right, right. Until, she's like, until we meet again she's like Nell and I race <laughs> okay. it's like do you want some ice cream no I'm passing on it until right. I win the third race exactly I've got to beat Nell yeah exactly <laughs> absolutely I mean jokes aside obviously um coronavirus dependent um I mean what's your next marathon that you're targeting oh my gosh I have I mean I, I honestly have no idea um I was going to run Boston, um, and and then I, I don't know. <laughs> I, it's hard to plan right now, right? Yeah, it's crazy. Um, I mean, I was I've got London, and, th- and that's October fourth, and that. But who knows? Don't they like say on June twentieth if they're going to cancel it or something? Yeah, I think that they're going to give more information about what's going to happen with that. But wow. It's kind of looking unlikely that's going to happen. And then potentially there's Valencia. Um, I mean, for the pros that are running it and want to get Olympic um, qualifiers, I guess, in Europe, I guess it would either be Valencia oh. or Seville next year. Oh. Because obviously with the um, Olympics, uh, qualifying standards have been extended or sort of paused between up to December. Right. So even if you ran like a qualifying time, it wouldn't count. So if an elite ran it and I come my time in London, it wouldn't count because I think it's a uh, pause from like what start of year to December. Oh, so, wow. Yeah. Interesting. So yeah. Valencia or Sevilla, are those yeah. fast courses or what are those courses like? Yeah, they're really fast. So uh, Valencia is December um, and it's like, you know, really f- famously known for you know, like producing fast times, oh. people running quickly there and, um yeah so that's the one i'm i'm looking awesome forward to hopefully if it happens so would you run that if you ran london no well initially i mean i've got i was planning two marathons a year Mm -hmm. so it would be in april london and then end the year for that so yeah it's not ideal to run them so close but let's see what happens whether (laughs) whether london happens this year or not yeah okay that makes i mean so 
I mean, but I mean, so for you, I mean, like obviously Boston's not happening. I mean, so what's your sort of thoughts on like, how do you sort of stay motivated for training and <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so at first I was like totally fine with everything. And then I lost some motivation. I was like, Oh, um, you know, and, and, I, I'm, you know, I go through like unmotivated days and motivated days. Um, but I'm really, and I only have, you know, like I'm not trying to kill my body right now. You know, like I really believe that we all only have so much where we can like get those hard workouts in and, you know, come back healthy. And, um, so I am doing, you know, I'm doing quite a bit of you know, mileage 85 ish right now. And, um, anywhere from 75 to 85, but, and then I just started doing, um, some more intense, more quality workouts. Um, and you know, I don't, I don't know. I'm okay with no races. Like I'm okay that I'm just like excited to like build and, you know, I'm up here at 10,000 feet in the mountains um, I'm excited to work on things that I need to work on, I guess. Yeah, it's interesting what you say about that, because like, with like no races and things like that, like we all go for that sort of feeling that first workout, when you know your race is cancelled, you're just like, there's like no motivation to do that, mm-hmm. <laughs> to push what, what you need to do. Mm-hmm. But, you know, then we get through it and then sort of have a little word of ourselves. But like, with like this current situation, I mean, how do you keep the the enjoyment in it i mean how do you keep the joy in your running when you know one part of our running identity in terms of like running for times or like for you is running for places mm-hmm. um is, is taken away and you can't fully express that part of your yourself yeah and that's where like right the like all the intrinsic stuff comes comes into play um like i love i love hard workouts and Um, I, I love running and obviously it's not always easy to get out the door, but more for me, more so it is. (laughs) Um, and you know, like I got to run with my brother today, um, and in a beautiful spot. And so you just kind of make sure you're not overdoing it and you're doing things, you're doing it in a way that you really enjoy. Um, so instead of like going out and doing a really hard tempo, like my tempos aren't that hard, you know, like I back my numbers off and I'm like, I'm still getting a really good benefit off of this and it's fun and enjoyable, but like, I'm not going into this workout being like, Oh my God, this is going to be so hard. I'm like leaving it being like, that was awesome. I feel good. I wanted to do it, you know, kind of just like keeping it really enjoyable. (laughs) if possible yeah Yeah, that makes sense because when you're in like peak marathon training like like you said there's only so much energy you can give mentally physically a couple times per year like you can't just give that week in week out throughout the year right yeah like it took me a while to get back after the the trials um because i i put my training i think just being like a newbie and kind of like in the marathon world and um, I was like, I put a lot into that mentally, emotionally, and physically. So I was a little tired after that. And so, you know, it, it's kind of nice to back off and 
realize why you're doing this. And um, so, so yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. And um, a particular shoe got you know a lot of coverage in the Olympic trials, the uh, Nike Alpha Fly, uh, given to all the athletes. Um, can you talk about um, these shoes and like what your sort of thoughts are about are on them? Yeah. Um, so yeah, that was that was very funny because there was like a rumor a couple weeks before that they were handing out the Alpha Flies. Or I, actually, I heard like the next percents or I don't know what I heard. I heard something, but it was just yeah. a rumor. And then you got there and you still, it was just like someone like passed you and was like, oh, did you get your alpha flies? And you're just like, wait, what? And then they're like, oh, okay. And I'm like, well, where do I get them? And they're like, just go to this random building across the street and down the stairs. And there's this like unmarked um, booth and go there. And so you go there and you're like, um, are you giving people alpha flies? <laughs> and they're like, yes, go in the back room. And they have like 1200 pairs of alpha flies back there. Um, and then everyone got this choice of wearing a pair of sh- racing a marathon in a pair of shoes they have never worn before. Um, yeah. which like is the number one advice you will get to not do that. Right. Like that's like, yeah. do, do not do that. <laughs> and, but like, and, and no one would ever do that unless it was an alpha fly. <laughs> and so everyone had this like decision. And I, I, I don't know how many people did make, did decide to wear these shoes. I decided to wear them. Um, and my dad was like, don't wear those shoes. <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> I'm going to wear these shoes. <laughs> um, but the only reason I did wear the shoes not the only reason, but one of the reasons I did is because I wasn't, I was going to wear the next percents, um, yeah. but they don't fit my fit correctly. And so I wasn't very confident in them. And I think the alpha flies fit my foot a little bit better. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to do it. Um, and if I mess up, then I'm screwed, but high risk, high reward. Right. Um, yeah. And so anyways, Definitely changed changed a lot of things, a lot of aspects of running. Um, I think they've definitely made times faster. I think they changed the sponsorship, you know, sponsorships of athletes a lot. Um, I know, you know, like I'm I'm not sponsored, um, and I really at this point wouldn't accept a sponsorship. <clears throat> Unless it, unless it was a considerable amount of money, which it, it won't be, <laughs> um, unless it was Nike, because I want to wear those yeah. shoes. Yeah. And that's, that's for now. Like, I want to run a fast time. I want to run, you know, whatever. I want to run like 222. Um, and I think I can. And <clears throat> until I do... I think I want to run in Nike shoes and then that will open up my door a lot more. And then maybe I'll accept, you know, sponsorship from other companies. But so in that way, I think I'm in a position of a lot of different people <clears throat> that of, of having to decide like to accept sponsorships or not and be in the Nike shoes. <laughs> um, yeah. And actually I was talking to my brother today about them. 
Um, and I was like, yeah, you should get some, first of all. And yeah. he, and I said, um, I mean, for some people, they highly benefit them because of their foot strike. And for some people, I, they don't benefit them as much. Um, yeah. So you never know. <laughs> but it's interesting. But I guess, though, I mean, I've worn the previous uh, edition, like the next, the Vaporfly and Sense, and they're a great shoe. And like, just the thing is, at the minute, there's no den- denying it. They they probably are the best shoes for running fast. And I know other brands have tried to make their versions and things like that. Mm-hmm. So um, I haven't tried the new Alpha Flies yet, but it's just interesting to sort of hear your thoughts on it because obviously you did sort of feel like the um, just just in terms of the lightness in terms of pushing you forward the forefoot but then like you said like you didn't feel as comfortable in the previous editions as the current ones and I guess it I'll put words in your mouth here but I mean how they feel when you're running off the forefoot and or the midfoot um you mean like when you're landing midfoot or forefoot yeah well I'm I'm honestly I'm more of a heel striker so okay um, I think that is one reason they, they benefit me a lot. Um, okay. and then like, say you're, you know, say the alpha flies in particular, I don't know. Cause I've only worn them once for that race. So, yeah. you know, I've done like a lot of strides or a lot of speed work in the next percents and the 4%. And they're, they benefit you a little bit less if you're on your forefoot. If you're mid, if you're a midfoot striker, I don't think you fully get the benefit out of them. Okay. Yeah. That's fair enough. Because I don't think okay. it it pushes you forward. I don't think you get that momentum and that roll quite as much. Um, okay. And I think it it's they're they're so soft that yeah. if you're trying to like you know really sprint, it's just not quite as it doesn't react quite as fast. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I've heard other people say there's like a different feeling to the previous version. So, um, yeah, but they're obviously doing something right. So, um, yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's amazing to see what they're doing. Uh, I mean, it's incredible. <laughs> Absolutely. And as you mentioned previously that you're a coach um, at Rehearsal Running. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just want to sort of think about, I mean, obviously something you do with your father and other coaches, but like if someone was to join you guys, I mean, what's the sort of the core principle? Like, What's your core sort of running philosophy that you... Uh, try to impart on your runners when they join you um so i have a couple my big one is strength training um i'm huge 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 on strength training i make all of my athletes do it they all do it at different levels and at different kind of um yeah i guess levels um because you know i've been doing strength since i was a little girl so what i can do is very different from what's you know someone else that is just beginning can do. Um, But in, in no matter what form you need to be working towards getting stronger, Um, it's going to make you more consistent. It's going to make you faster. It's going to make you more efficient. There's just too many benefits to not do it. So when someone comes on, especially like if they're like an elite um, and they want to train with me, I, I went, if they weren't up for like, really making strength a priority, I wouldn't coach them. Um, because you just can't get you, you cannot get to your potential without it. 
Um, so strength training. Um, and then again, I'm like very, um, I'm very individualized. So I'm not going to throw miles at runners. Um, I'd rather see them like my dad's philosophy. I'd, I'd rather see them under train and overperform. Um, and so those are, those are the two big ones. Okay. Yeah. That's a, that last point. It's like similar to my coach really. Cause like, what's the point of making you run like a hundred odd miles a week? <laughs> You're not even close to your potential. Do you know what I mean? You want to sort of get to your potential, but see like on the, mi- the minimum amount of miles that's required. So right. uh, rather than like burning you out. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Um, cool. So moving to the final questions. Um, so, I mean, you've worked hard to, um, from where you started to where you are now in your running journey. I know it's obviously still got a long way to go. Um, but from the outside looking in, I'd imagine people have preconceived ideas of who they think you are <laughs> based on what they think is true. Yeah. Um, look, I'm not in the same position as you. Like, I, but I'll give you an example. Like, I work like a regular job, but like I've got people that <laughs> used to know, well, know me and they think that because they see my Instagram, that, that's my full job. Like, I am a runner. Oh, yeah. Like, that's <laughs> my job. Um, You're like, I wish, but, man. <laughs> maybe yeah get paid for it do it. yeah but it's not happening um yeah. <laughs> definitely not uh, so like putting aside like the preconceived ideas what people think that they know about you I mean but when you look at yourself like truly like I mean who do you see like looking back at you um I mean a, cu- a couple different things I'm definitely I'm definitely like I definitely hustle so to get to where I am, like, I'm one of those people who have had to like always work like five jobs, um, to barely be able to, um, you know, make a living. (laughs) Um, and so like, really, I, I think I'm a, I'm a, I'm a very hard worker. Um, I'm definitely, I'm trying to be better, but I'm definitely a people pleaser, (laughs) Um, and yeah, I mean, if someone were to ask me like, yeah, who like, kind of like you just asked me who I was like a runner really wouldn't pop up first. It, it's like more about, I guess the hard work and what, how I choose to spend my time, which is, you know, it's more of like. I'm going to do what I'm passionate about, which is coaching and running instead of like take the easy route, which is a safe and secure job where I'm making good money. <laughs> oh, that makes sense. Um, and if you could give your younger self one piece of advice, what would that be? Like, don't follow the norms. Don't follow what you think you should be doing just because you think you should be doing it. Like I'm lucky enough to do what I'm passionate about. So take that road instead of, you know, trying to be like everyone else. I mean, that really ties into like a couple of things you've sort of said in this uh, conversation about really trusting yourself um, and yeah, not following other people's expectations. So that really sort of comes across that you kind of know yourself, um, which I think is a really good trait that a lot of people don't always have and we'll figure out later yeah and it's hard to do it's really I mean I still have to tell myself daily like treat yourself like you are a an elite runner (laughs) you know like 
try to make running a priority (laughs) instead of like trying to be like a normal person you know yeah absolutely yeah i mean like just like in terms of like the thing that i'm doing now is it bringing me closer to my goal or moving me further away from my goal basically like that sort of question right exactly comes up i need to ask myself that question (laughs) thank you (laughs) good stuff i won't charge for that one that's free (laughs) (laughs) i'm literally now i'm out of ideas now that's all that's all i've got so (laughs) okay perfect um uh, what is one non-negotiable behavior that you do daily well i wish it was stretching and rolling but it's not <laughs> um i i mean like i honestly if i were to like honestly answer that question it would have to be um i mean like we're all human right i'm just like so human it would just be drinking coffee <laughs> That is the thing. That's not even a behavior, but that's the only only thing that is very consistent. Do you know what? Quite a few people I've asked that question to have said the same thing. So oh, you're not in like yeah, <laughs> you're not alone there. I so, mean, uh... it would have to be because like we're all human. <laughs> it's like a little bit. It's like a little pause during the day, isn't it? You're just like, okay, cool, just. Uh, little pick me up oh my. A little time to think about things exactly uh so yeah you're in good company so good. Uh, that's a good thing perfect <laughs> and uh, what's the biggest lesson that running has taught you um just to like you know be i would say be um persistent and keep you know, keep working hard at whatever you want and you'll go through bad times and you'll go through good times, but you just have to keep going through it. Absolutely. And uh, where can people follow your journey online? Um, I'm most active on Nell Rojas running. Oh, oh that's my Instagram handle. Um, is Nell Rojas running, but I also have a website, which is rojasrunning.com. Great stuff. Nell, it's been great talking to you. Thanks for being a guest on the Runners Alive podcast. Yeah, my pleasure. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode of Runners Life. If you found value in this episode and want to support the show, please share with your community, post on your social media channels and encourage them to listen and subscribe. If you want to support my work directly, you can become a member on Patreon at www.patreon.com slash a runner's life. If you want to get in touch with me or see what I'm up to, you can follow me on my Instagram page at themarathonmarcus. Your time is valuable, so thank you for spending your time listening to this episode of a Runner's Life podcast.